Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social where town fans have their say on all things town. Well, it's been a blank week for town, so we had not had a game this week and it was a bit it felt a bit weird, I have to admit, but um, it gave us an opportunity to just let Paul Cook and the team work on the training ground for a week and get ready for this weekend's game against AFC Wimbledon. This week I'm joined by Dan and Liam as we talk about the positives and negatives to the winless start to the season. And also talk about the transfer window. Will we sign any more players before the deadline on Tuesday? We'll have to wait and see on that. And of course, look ahead to Asuinen. I'm going to go over to Dan first. Um, Dan, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been great to see you in person as ever as well. It's, oh, it's just been brilliant. But how's your week been? And uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Ross. Hi, Liam. Hi, everyone. Well, one of the positives, to be honest, if we're starting off with the positives and the negatives, let's start with the negative negatives first. Um, I honestly, like the only negative I, in my opinion, is we have obviously we haven't won <laughs> because <clears throat> you know I'm I'm certainly of the opinion obviously you need to win, but I think the summer we've had. Let's look at the bigger picture after the last ten years. I think we need to take stock and think about what we've been going through as a club and a fan base. Well, we've been going nowhere and it's been a very positive summer. And the only thing that's been a negative is not, not getting that first win, obviously. Personally, um, I don't, I've never thought we were going to start off on the front foot. I genuinely didn't, even factoring in a potentially weak fixture list on paper um yeah of course not not getting a win but look come on we're, we're four games in um it's a long way to go and um i was disappointed i think with some of the some of the crowd reaction after mk dons because if i think of the, the positives if the negatives are obviously we haven't win and we will win at some stage and hopefully this saturday um, i think we will but the fo football like saturday's game is the most excitement i've had in i've had more excitement in three games than i've seen in three seasons and i'm purely basing that on the style of football and some of the goals we're scoring and we haven't got three points but you can see it. You can see what we're building towards. And we've always said as a fan base, if you're not winning, the next best thing you need to see is a purpose going forward. And that, for me, is a is a big positive. The, the style of football. And when it clicks, and it will click, it's going to be great. I mean, we've seen some wonderful goals. And um, I'm, I think probably the most biggest positive i'd still pinch myself when i think we've signed carl edwards um all right money bags it which we know yeah okay maybe not but we know how we got that one over the line but i mean you know we've, we've got some serious talent there and um yeah first you know i, I can you know mk dons were, were a decent team it was frustrating we didn't kind of kill them off but they weren't the worst team i've seen at ipswich and but the football it's just like come on it's, it's this, this is what I wanted after years of McCarthy and Lambert. I can't moan about it now. So, you know, let's just get that first win, though. Definitely. And um, as Paul Lambert used to say, rock and roll football. I think we've got that now under Paul Cook. And, um, of course, joining our threesome this evening um, is, of course, good old Liam, who was the Airbnb host to John Watson on the weekend. I'm sure John Watson was very pleased for your um, accommodation and everything. And uh, how was John as a guest? And uh, welcome back to the show, Liam. And your positive and negatives to the winless start to the season for town. Well, very much a negative to start off with. I didn't charge him enough, so uh, there's that. But, uh, but no, uh, it was very good. Um, I've met met um, I've met John a couple of times before at a few away games before COVID. Um, but it was very nice meeting a lot of other people that we've seen each other over the screen, but uh, not been able to see face-to-face, -face. so uh, it was quite nice meeting a few more of uh, the people that we have built up here, the little community we've kind of 
um, put together. Um, it was nice meeting some of those people uh, for <laughs> for the first time in in well eighteen months. So um, that 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 was great. And that I, to anybody, um, if someone who isn't from Ipswich um, uh, wanted to stay, then I'm more than happy uh, to help them out um, and. Uh, help them get to see a game down here, hopefully. Um, but in terms of, of the football, um, <laughs> it's a bit like what I said on Monday, really. Um, you can't win the season at the beginning. Um, it's, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And people have just got to, got to, I suppose, just just try the best as possible to just try and rein themselves in a little bit. I know it's difficult and, and the years of complete and utter dross is, um, is leading people to be quite negative at the moment, but there are better signs, much, much better signs. These players are a massive upgrade on what, what town have had in the last, probably the last decade, to be honest. Um, you'd say that this team would this team come close to the team that um, were in the playoffs uh, for 2015? I mean, it may not be as good, but I mean, it, it's getting there. That's the thing. There's a club. It's it's rebuilding now. Now that there is a a drive behind the scenes, um, and that's the biggest positive I think you've got to take from it in in the fact that the football will come, but the biggest problem that town have had the last the last decade under Evans was that the football club was ne neglected all the way through it wasn't just the team it was the stadium training facilities everything there just wasn't any money uh, around to upgrade anything but now that there is drive behind the scenes to really push the standards and, and improve the club throughout. That, for me, is is probably the biggest positive um, of the whole of the whole lot. And what happens on the pitch um, will just get better. Um, Cook uh, will, I'm sure, get it right in the end. But if he doesn't, then someone else will come in and. And eventually the, the, the formula will work because there is now some finance and there are people who actually want to make the football club um, much better than it has been. So just got to be got to be a little calmer. Um, it is frustrating. I mean, we should expect to do better than the five games we've seen. Um, I mean, the cup, take it or leave it for me, to be honest. Um, although... I do understand certain points and I've raised this before about with such a new team, maybe it was worth putting out the first team against Newport, giving them another game to kind of try and gel and understand each other. Um, we're not going to win the League Cup, so it might be, it could have been used as an opportunity the first couple of rounds, but but it is what it is. Um I don't think it would it would have changed anyway if if this team had been playing together for the last six months. Um, so because that's just the way modern football is now. The the clubs it's all about the 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 league and making sure that um, that financial position is 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 much greater than uh, trying to do well in cup competitions now and that that's just the way it is but in terms of the league yeah we should have at least won one of them um and uh, uh, arguably um maybe at least probably the two newcomers to the league you would have expected us to do i mean this is a new team but at the same time these are quality players and yes it'll take time for them to sort of kind of get on each other's wavelength but you still think they'd be good enough individually that town would still be able to win the games against Morecambe and Cheltenham at least. Burton's a bit of a 
a bit of a, a tricky one because they were like a train last season. And MK Dons, as Dan said, I, I think they're the best. In terms of a footballing philosophy, they're probably the best team in the division in terms of trying to play that sort of possession-based football. Um, and they look really good at it on Saturday. But again, and this is probably the biggest disappointment, every game that Town have had, they could have won it. it, it and these fine margins that people have been saying, the fine margins um, of Town's own making. And that's that's the most disappointing, I think, the most the biggest negative you can take from it is that it will turn, but at the moment, those fine margins are all self-inflicted. And as soon as they get that rectified, I think the points will start flowing in. So, any positives there? I don't know if I heard any positives. I heard a lot of negatives. <laughs> any positives? Positives? Uh, positives well. Sorry, can I just say a big positive has been... A, meeting Ross. B, going to Cheltenham, going to a new ground. C, having a pint in a really nice pub before a match at a new ground. Yeah. Like, when you're not winning, it's not about the football for me. All right, of course it is, but it's about the day out and the football's a bonus. And being able to, to meet new people, go and have a pint, go to a new ground. That's a massive positive after last year. Yeah, I think that's the big thing, you know, people meeting each other again and just being at games and just doing the pre-match, everything, you know, oh, and then oh. after match, going into the pub and, you know, downing our sorrows after a defeat or a, a draw oh. against teams. But, um, yeah, Liam, any positives? I'm sure there was a few positives in that change well, had. Well, but... yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the biggest positive I said was that we've actually got people behind the scenes who's actually running the club to actually try and be competitive. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, the, if if Town had started off with four wins from four, then we can say, yeah, the football's great as well. It's it's, uh, but it's not quite getting there yet. But the football is a far 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 more entertaining and is is far better than. I mean, Edwards is is just. I mean, <laughs> as Dan says, I, I I don't know how we've managed to get him to League One. But, um, I mean, the number of these players, there, there are probably a few that we kind of wonder how we've managed to steal them from potential championship interest. Um, and it just shows you, well, yeah, that's the thing, though. It, it, it's, it's, but it's not just about money as well, though. It's, it, it goes back to this very, the, the whole kind of picture of having these people behind the scenes, Mark Ashton is probably the biggest signing the club will make all season. Um, just because of what he's had to deal with since he's come in. And I'm, I'm guessing that uh, as soon as the window shuts on uh, Tuesday night, um, he'll be having uh, a lot of long lions uh, <laughs> because I'm sure the working days have been very, very long for him. But we could have had anybody behind the scenes and have loads of money. But the fact that he is a proven negotiator and someone who is able to sell the vision of the club, he he, he, he is the, the biggest asset um, that the football club has got. And he's been able to attract some of these quality players. I mean, Edmondson, we've not seen George Edmondson yet. But championship clubs wanted him when uh, he was surplus to requirements at Rangers, and he's and he's come to Ipswich. So there is there is a lot to be really positive about. Football is far better. It just it just needs to cut out those mistakes, um, and Town will be winning games comfortably because there's more chances. Um, there are more goals. Um, it's just about keeping the back the back door shut. But as I say, every player is an upgrade. Every player has been an upgrade on on what we've what we've got. So what we've had in the the last um, number of years. So it, it, there are more positives than negatives at the moment. It's you just got to take the rough with the smooth at the moment. 
Definitely. And um, you mentioned Mark Ashton. And, and as you said, when the deadline window closes, he, I'm sure you'll have some lay-ins and uh, he'll get some very good handshakes from Paul Cook. But um, let's talk about um, signings. 16 this summer so far. Um, of course, the deadline is this Tuesday. Um, so the Wimbledon game had would have been done. Um, what do you reckon then? Do you think Mark Ashton and co will be making more signings? If they do, what positions are you looking at? There's been a lot of talk about the goalkeeper, Vaclav Alanki. I've completely butchered that probably. But um, Dan, over to you. Any other positions you reckon we need to strengthen in before the window closes? Um, if you, Based on what I've seen this season, um, probably the one personality trait that the club, the team are missing is grit. Um, we probably need to be um, a bit stronger and maybe a bit more savvier and a bit more harder to play through. And obviously we, you know, we had a player, we had one player at Ipswich who was gritty and a bit of a, a destroyer, which was Flynn Downs, but that's gone now. He's gone. So, in, a, in in if you look at a kind of kind of player that we lack, I don't think we have anyone that we could sit in front a bit like of Calvin Phillips or Declan Rice in those Euros and say thou shall not pass and sit in the middle, which can be quite useful for shutting up shot against um, MK Dons. Actually, when Cook brought on Carroll and we played that three in the middle, now Carroll isn't a gritty destroyer type player, but even then. You saw the way we started to calm down a little bit and pass the ball around a little bit and start to control possession. Um, and I think particularly away from home, I think a little bit of a, a grittier central midfielder. I thought Evans and possibly Harper might be those kind of players, but I think maybe they sit as a two in the midfield. I think the issue is, though, that um, I was thinking about this and thinking, OK, we've got what, like three days to go. And in a way, you want someone a little bit, it won't be him, but if you remember Trevor Chalabar, who we got in as a young kid with pedigree from a Premier League team, who importantly could play defensive midfielder and could play centre-back. And if you, we've got a player in with possibly, it could be another, we wait until the weekend, we see what youngsters in the Premier League are not even getting on benches Maybe bring a kid in, or maybe bring a kid in with talent that can that may not play every week. You know, this is the other issue. I don't think they're going to play every week. This player, but offers us some versatility and the opportunity to be a bit more tactically flexible. I think wouldn't would wouldn't go amiss at all at the moment. Um, but if I'm quite honest with you, we've made 16 signings and. I wouldn't be fussed if we didn't get anyone in. I'm not fussed about Cladkey, really. I think, come on, we've got, you know, look, he's an upgrade on Holy. It's an incredibly difficult position to fill goalkeeper. You know, goalkeepers, they're like, you're like the bomb squad, aren't you? You know, you make one mistake and you blow the whole team. It's it's a really tricky position and he's got four games. And I think we I think we're a bit early to judge flag kit at the moment um, and, I, and I think we should give him a bit more time we've never replaced Bart it's not an easy position I think um, yeah maybe some of the era and I also think you know we've had a full week this week I think it's the first full week of training so that's four five four and a half days of training at Playford Road we've got players coming back as well likely to be it sounds after this weekend I think Cook's saying Everyone should be fit. It's not. I don't think it's the end of the world if we don't bring in anyone in. I wouldn't be surprised if we probably do bring one more in. Let's face it. By the time the next transfer window comes along, we could be getting another sixteen players in <laughs> if it carries on like this. So let's give let's give the lads let's give the lads we've got um, a go. Um, but uh, you, you know, when 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 that squad's fit and. Uh, when more training's embedded in them, you know, let's hear it goes. I would also say about the cup game quickly. I saw that Patrick Vieira played Crystal Palace's strongest team against Watford last night because he said he wanted them to gel and they lost 1-0 and got two players injured. So it's like, it's flip of a coin. I completely get what 
people are saying but it, you know you, it can work either way can't it it's um best thing you know we've learned we've got kids like cameron humphreys you know and and um louis barry look pretty decent and in a way you've got to look at the bigger squads but maybe a bit of grit i think it's what what you know a bit of grit certainly what i thought we lacked at to cheltenham in that second half when you know when it got tough at cheltenham for kind of forget the long throws which yeah we did defend brilliantly we stopped in that second half we didn't have anyone there that could put their foot on the ball and maybe that's the kind of play we need but um i'm not too fussed Okay, then. Um, before I go over to Liam, I just want to quickly bring a statement out from good old Dazza. Um, he was going to be part of the podcast tonight, but um, other things happened, so he's not here. Harvey was also going to join us and said, because it was a running theme, it felt like, and I thought, Dan and Liam, are they going to cancel on me too? And I'll just be a one-man show. But thankfully, never, never. never they're here. But um, it's, a, it's all right. It's all right. Um, but Dazza has done a statement about Halanki. Um, he said he was going to have a, a big rant about it, and he was saying he's, you know, protecting his boy Alanki. He said Halanki's a far better keeper than he's been able to show so far. He hasn't really made any match winning saves yet, so he hasn't been able to build up any keeper credit with the fans, which puts him more focus on not just small mistakes, but also questions on the goals that we concede. I took the time to watch highlights of the most of the Salford games last season and he didn't see any goals that were down to his errors and he regularly made fantastic saves to earn them points. I'd guess that he will not be happy with not keeping a clean sheet so far, but I am absolutely no doubt that he'll improve and he'll be one of the best players this season. Believe in the VAS. Um, over to Liam. Um, a statement there from Dazza. Um, do you reckon Town need to sign any more players? What positions? Um, and your thoughts on the keeper discussion, which has been doing its rounds on Twitter? Well, I mean, starting with Hladke, um um basically i i um suggested that uh he should be called uh joe hartris at the weekend um for the free kick and i suppose i wasn't at the at cheltenham but i've seen the the first goal and maybe i'm a bit critical with that first goal because it's a good header but again He's in the right position. He's got a good hand to it, and he still palmed it in. But that's not not me saying no. That I don't think he'll turn out to be a good goalkeeper. Um, he's 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 come into a new team. He's got a completely alien defence in front of him as well. They're all getting used to each other, um, and I I don't think um, I'd, he's made a couple of mistakes. Um, and he and it'll happen, um, but I don't think it's it's uh, worth kind of panicking and going. We need a goalkeeper now. Um, it, it got to stick with him. With, well, Cook has basically brought him in to be the number one, so we've now just got to stick with that decision and just and just and just live and die by the choices we make. And I think Baggy will be will be perfectly fine once um, the season. Is in its uh, once it's got got to the after ten games or so once it's really got to the going, um, but I think he should have saved the free kick on Saturday. Um, whether whether I've heard different opinions about his position positioning of whether that was whether it was his positioning or not. The fact of the matter is he still got there, and he still didn't manage to get a strong enough hand to get it round the post. So for me, that's a disappointment. Um, and the free kick in particular, he got two, two hands to it. So that's what, and it wasn't that quick either. That's, that's the thing. It wasn't arrowed in and he's just got nowhere near it. it he's got to it. And there wasn't a huge amount of pace on that free kick that was stopping him from potentially getting more momentum behind the ball to push it away but again he's 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 getting used to it and this is this is the biggest club he's been at and he he he'll just have to get used to criticism that's what goalkeepers have to do they they'll have to get used to when they make mistakes or they don't do as well as people think they they should they should do but i mean the the majority of the goals that Tanner shipped are not his fault so we can't 
we can't blame him for everything. Um, just those couple of those couple of of goals, one at Cheltenham and the free kick on Saturday. He could have done better, but other than that, he's had no chance with anything else. Um, and a lot of that has come down to uh, the defence in front of him, and uh, also the midfield, <laughs> i.e., Saturday. But um, I'm I'm with Dan. I, I think at, at um, I think Town need a bit of a bully. That's what I think they need. Um, and of course, Crooks was supposed to be, I think, that kind of that kind of player. Um, I just think um, that it's strange saying this, but I just think Town need someone who is less of a footballer and more of a brute who's just going to dominate and win the ball. Um, and, and like Dan, we haven't got players who just have that little bit of extra grit um just look a little bit lightweight that's the that's that's the problem we get turned over quite easily um i just think if we had someone a bit more a, a proper really physical kind of central holding midfielder um then i think that would make a difference but ironically if we got promoted then the ball playing midfielders that we already have would be perfect for that level so I just think um, it might just be a matter of, yes, Town are getting players to try and get them out of this league, but it might be worth maybe just investing someone who is at this level uh, who can break up the game um, and kind of, kind of bring, almost bring the club to, down to this level while the rest of them are all clearly good enough to play championship football and much better passing football, which is, I think, what Cook eventually wants to have. Um, so, for me, it would be that position. I think we need a central midfielder anyway. Um, I mean, I don't know how long Nolan's out for. Um, and the three midfielders that we've we've brought in are all a little bit of a muchness. They're all good on the ball um, and uh, good with possession. But we just don't have... Uh, I mean... Flynn Downs would have been perfect if his if he decided that he wanted to actually stay, but obviously we're not going into that because he didn't want to, and we've done a great deal there in, in getting the money for that. That sort of player, someone who can who can get themselves about a bit and try and break up the game. And if if I'm being greedy, then maybe cover at right back. I know we've got Danassian as a kind of and and Burns as a kind of utility to play there if um, Vincent Young um, struggles, but that's probably the only other, the other position I would suggest uh, we, we would look for, um, but it's not essential. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure if we will or not, um, but I think one player I think is enough. And then if we're being greedy, maybe another another right back and maybe an extra centre half. But I think with the four we've got, I, I don't think that's uh, that's too much of a pressing concern and we need nothing going forward. They've got enough there. Um, just need it to click and it'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I don't think we'll be doing a lot. Uh, I don't think we need to do a lot. So uh, just that one player in midfield for me. Okay then, well, I'm sure we'll see that headline at some point on deadline day, quite day expected at Playford Road, but then maybe Mark Castron will have something up his sleeve, out of nowhere, boom, here's another player um, for the position you mentioned. Um, before we get into the women in game, um, I was hoping to have a bigger conversation, debate about this, because um, it was the big question of the week last week, uh, or after the game, of course, the booing. Um, it was very a small section of the fans, but you know, for the big fan social question of the week is... Basically, your thoughts on the booing, and um, both of you guys are in the North Stand. Um, Dan, I think you're maybe closer to Section 6, and Liam, you're in the middle there as well. I think you're both similar where, where you're sitting. But, um, Dan, your thoughts on that, and, you know, it happens at every football team, definitely after, you know, a fantastic summer, all the signings being made, and, you know, you were aiming for promotion. 
Um, but a few boos at full time against MK Dons. I know we're, you know, winless and uh, some frustration there. But your thoughts as a just overall, we're hearing those boos at full time on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Before I start, everyone who pays money to go to a football ground is entitled to their own opinion. And everyone who pays money to go to a football ground, in my eyes, is much better than anyone who just stays on the keyboard and doesn't watch a football game. But if you boo at a football ground, in my opinion, it's the most tin pot, embarrassing, ridiculous thing you can do. All right. And I know it's modern society. How you can boo after watching that performance, right? I just was like, I get you might be frustrated that we haven't won, but being frustrated after that and booing your team, they're not comparable things because by booing your team, right, you're booing Macaulay Bond when he's coming over to clap the fans. You're basically, by booing a team, you're not picking out individuals. You're going, well, you're crap, Bond. And Edwards, you're not good enough. Booing is just like, and it's not the pantomime. If you want to go and boo, go to the pantomime at Christmas and boo Widow Twanky when she comes in at Great Yarmouth. It's the same people that would probably go to a restaurant and if the steak wasn't cooked well enough, they go, boo, the chef's rubbish. Or if they're driving up the M1 and there's rubbish, they'll be going, boo, there's loads of traffic on the motorway. It's like, it's football. It's, fo- it's football. It's not the pantomime. It's like, it's the most counterproductive tin pot thing you can do. And if you're, in my opinion, in my opinion, and if I've been to some, I've been to six nil defeats. I've been seven nil defeats. I've been travelled six hours round trips on a Tuesday night to see us, you know, lose at home two nil, and we've not even made an effort. And I still haven't booed because I'm a supporter, right? And I pay money to my club, and I'll launch into them down the pub afterwards or i'll launch into them on the walk back to my car but booing in the ground is i've never got that i think it's massively embarrassing and it's just the other thing is i just like like how could it's like after that performance it's not like it's not we weren't shit and we didn't give up and we and evans made a horrific mistake which was a bad mistake, which we let in a goal, and you're booing after that, after four league games, after 16 players, after everything the club's been through, after all the change that we've had, after everything that's going on. Sure, everyone wants to go up, and I knew the expectations were going to be high this season, but, you know, booing, it's just like, Oh, I just, I just find it embarrassing. I, ju- I just find booing any. I just think it's, you know, st- I just don't think. I just, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And let's just like, do you know what I mean? You're in the club. It's just like, it's almost like you want to. If you're booing, pick an individual out because by booing the team, it's just like saying you're all rubbish. There's no way they were rubbish on Saturday. And do you know what? Just, just do it constructively. In my opinion, it's, it's, uh, you know, whatever. But as I say, rant over. You can do what you want. You no. Know? I don't agree with you, but I, it's, it's, in, it's so simple, so simple. Ran wow. over. No, no, well said as ever. Um, and I think that was perfect way to put it. And you know, some people have been talking about you know we're clapping off Lambert's side, you know, clapping off Lambert. You know, at that time we were losing pretty much. The football wasn't great, and now we're getting this exciting football, and people are booing after a two-two draw against MK Dons. I know we're. You know, without a win, Liam. We spoke on Monday about this, but um, you've had more time to reflect on it. What's your thoughts on all that? And as Dan said, we're we're getting entertained now. Unfortunately, we're not won yet, but still early days. Sixteen players, new ownership and stuff. You know, there's going to be fans out there who who just they want everything at once. But sometimes you just got to give time. But what's your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, it's hope and expectation, isn't it? Um. I mean, the clapping of Lambert was all about hope, but we thought that the relegation, while not being brilliant, but we thought that under Lambert we might have, with his past credentials at those lot at the road, that we would have something to kind of 
be be happy about um in in such a horrible horrible time that there was there was some kind of brightness to the future and i can understand why people were clapping the team off it was horrendous season but it, it was it was more about clapping the club and saying look we're going to stay yeah. behind you it wasn't more about the team that was actually on the field it was more about the badge itself that we will stay behind you but then i i've I I was at the uh, Fleetwood game uh, not long before the COVID shutdown, and that was as toxic I think the atmosphere got um, in those in those uh, anti ever. Well, I, that was the first time I think that that spilled um, into real anger against Evans because um, there was always this kind of very it was, everything has had to be kind of amplified at the at the team because you can't really criticize evans even though most of the ills of the club were his doing um you can't really criticize him because if he sold the club and left it in a mess there isn't a football club <laughs> so you kind of got to keep him appeased but at the same time you're not happy with how he was running it um, but that was the first time, and 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 they rightfully booed the players off that night because the players were pathetic. It was an awful performance, and 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 then it all spilled over onto Evans in his in his box that night as well. So there is, I think there is. I mean, as Dan says, you pay your money, you, you get to do what you want. Um, I, I think there is sometimes call for for booing and, and so on, to show you, you, you kind of frustration. But in terms of now, I think it's absolutely absurd. Um, but just to temper that, yes, the entertainment factor is far better. Um, and that's and that's brilliant. But for, for supporters, it's not all about entertainment. If we won this league this season, winning games 1-0 more often than not and scraping through. Don't think many people would be too busy complaining about the standard of football if, if town got the rewards at the end of it. The end of the day, football fans are fickle. We're all fickle. We we, we want to see the team win. And, in some, in, and then uh, some people, it's got to be both. It's got to be football and results. Others, it's it's just the result, all that matters, um, and and nothing else. Nothing else matters. It, you can't always have your cake and eat it. But on this occasion, I think you're going to find people will be able to have their cake and eat it because the football is better. And once town truly are up up to speed, I think someone will get a right doing. And when they do, you're going to see an absolute brilliant game of football and the result that you want to see so i think it's i think it's absurd that they're booing i don't really know what the the booing is supposed to achieve four games in yes i've already said i expected us to do better and we probably should have won at least half if not all the games that we played but the thing is, we had a chance to win all of those games. We we were in the game at one time or another during those matches. And we've had moments during those matches that could have meant the result was different. So it's not as if we've been battered and played off the park. And we're looking bleakly at, at where the first win's going to come after being battered each week. And you're just thinking, we're a shambles. It's not like that at all. I just think people need to be patient and just uh, book there's no call for booing though I, I don't really understand what what that's supposed to achieve yes everybody's frustrated with the results but the results will come and if by christmas time town are right there in the mix and have had a great run and we're right in the mix towards the top of the table Who's going to remember about the first four games when Town failed to get a win when they were just scratching to try and get a bit of a bit of form going as a team? 
no one's going to remember that. So mm. people just got to be people just got to be a little bit more patient. And I know it's difficult because of what's gone on. And I'm sure a lot of this is scars of of kind of not wanting to be hurt again. Everyone's excited about this new era, but seen it all before and it didn't go well last time. But just got to give it time and eventually the the fruits um, of their labor will be rewarded um just just gotta just gotta give it time that's that's all it is and hopefully on saturday um we'll see the first step um in that in that process with hopefully the first three points of the season and i might be being a bit facetious here but it, the whole thing about booing is if we play really well on saturday Batter Wimbledon, hit the post three times, can't score and it's nil-nil. What, you're going to boo them off again because we're not winning? But what's the difference? What's the difference between booing us off when we're drawn and booing us off at half-time when we're drawing? Because we played really well and you booed us off. You know, and it's just like, uh, I really don't think that players are going to go, oh, I thought I played really well and we only drew 2-2. Two, two. Oh, there's that bloke booing me, actually. Yeah, I was really rubbish. It just doesn't make any difference. But anyway, it's it's, it's like, you know... It's, it's I think you nailed it, Liam. I think maybe it's the hope and expectation. I just thought, you know, it's four games. It's, it's four games. You, you can see what's going on in front of you. Come on. Come on. We're all in this together. I completely agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it, it's, it's just absurd to think the results aren't coming. And, yeah, it's right to be frustrated about that because... I mean, it, the two home games especially that I can comment on that I've been to, they, they, both of those games, Town were in a position where they could have won them. And, and silly mistakes have essentially cost them the win in both games. Yeah. And it's frustrating. But you can't boo the, the football that the boys are putting together now. But the chances that are being created. You look on Saturday... If that chance for Wes Burns goes in, yeah, uh, not long after half time, that was a game. Then we're probably sitting here after Town yeah. have won the game, maybe two nil, maybe would have gone on to score more, or would have just held on comfortably at that stage. We wouldn't be talking about Town of uh, are still looking for their first win, and everyone yeah. would be would be going, oh, here we go, it's it, we're going to be steamrolling teams now. Football fans are fickle. We're all we're all very hypocritical. When it's going great, everything is rosy in the garden. We can't criticise. When it's going bad, we can't we can't we can't wait to lay in lay into things. And it's just it's just strange because the results aren't great, but at the same time, the results I I think anyway don't reflect how the team are actually performing. And I, I, I would be those people who are booing. If you're booing because the team are performing well but not getting the result, I'd be scared to think about what actually expect standards you have of how you're how 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 when's town really get it going? Whether that'll be enough for you, I, I really don't know what they're, what some they're probably people... given up by then. They're probably left by then. They probably won't be going anymore because we're not winning every game three 0 But I mean, it, you know, it's and it's probably you're right. It's, and there was a small smattering, wasn't it? It wasn't like you know. I mean, went no, to Cheltenham. Cheltenham, Cheltenham second half, we didn't play well at all, and we let and we lost and we let in two goals, and there wasn't any booing at all. That was just resigned, very dis depressed. So it, it you know. Let's see what Saturday brings. And that is the perfect way to segue into this Saturday. AFC yeah. Wimbledon head to town. They've got a lovely draw in the third round against Arsenal at the Emirates. So I'm sure they're buzzing for that. But, um, you know, the last game against Wimbledon was a terrible goalless draw at Portman Road, of course, behind closed doors. Uh, I've got up Paul Cooks. Basically, he said it's one of the worst first half performances from his top, uh, his teams in his whole manage management career. He said that the basically the players have won a competition the play at Portman Road because that, that that was how bad it was and it was bad. And of course, we also lost three 0 at Plough Lane as well, which was not to, not good results against Wimbledon last season. Um, but Dan got into this game. 
our town going to get their first win? Wimbledon, they lost their recent game against Sunderland in the League 1-0, but they had a good start to the season. They've scored a lot of goals. They've conceded yeah. a lot of goals. So hopefully there'll be more goals in this game. It's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. Wimbledon are never easy. They are a club that fight hard yeah. and they always seem, they've got that attitude clearly because of what they've gone through. And they've always been a club that has, has given 110%. And um, it's not going to be easy. I I, be, I spoke to, to, to someone at, at Wimbledon and um, about their season, actually. And uh, the first thing he said is the one, their manager, Mark Robinson, who's come in, has got a lot of credit in the bank because he said that he changed that club around last season, including the two results against us. And actually what they've done, what they've done in the first three games of this season, Wimbledon, was carried on what they had done last season and that's on the basis of losing Piggott so he said Robinson a lot of credit in the bank a lot of different players scoring in their team battered Gillingham at home 1-0 letting a 97th minute equaliser and their last two performances they went to Sunderland last week hardly had a shot wasn't great Went to Northampton in the Carling Cup, were apparently absolutely awful. Didn't have a shot. Nicked a last-minute winner. Now go to Arsenal. He said, and he was saying that I. He said, they weren't cowed. They're not going to be cowed coming to Portman Road. That's the one thing they won't be. They're not going to be a club that are going to be, you know, oh, you're coming to big old Ipswich and they'll lie down. They'll be inspired. However, what I will say is that we had... Those two performances against them last season, which were atrocious, only one player is still featuring from that team, which is Luke Wolfenden. Plus, we got their best player in those two games, probably on our bench on Saturday. But I think the biggest overriding factor is that we owe them. And this is a new team and we we need to get off the mark. Everyone knows we need to get off the mark. Um, and I think it's going to be a 2-1-1, 2-1 win to us. I don't think the defence is right enough at the moment to keep a clean sheet. I think we're going to create a few chances going forward. I think it's going to be a cagey affair, and I think I think we'll get there in the end. Um, I think it's going to be a big day for Edwards and Burns because their weak spot, they're very, very weak at left-back. And their other their fullback positions are their weak link. And we just need to get on the front foot and play like we've been playing in the last few games and get down those wings and get a few chances. And I think we might get a bit of joy. But I don't think that you know, I don't I don't it'd be interesting to see. I think I think we'll nick it 2-1 purely on the basis that uh we you know, I think there's more on this game for Ipswich than there is for Wimbledon. Not only the start to this season that we have to win, but Cook's gonna be saying to them, no way. No way we're going to play like you cannot play like you did against this lot last season. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably being positive, overly positive, but I think I think we'll get it. I think um, they've got a few quite decent players, a quite a physical team, got a few big lads at the back. I think it's going to be interesting, you know, see how Bond plays. It'd be probably interesting to see what's going on with Scott Fraser because you could argue if Fraser's not fit and he went off with an injury, you know, you could potentially have. If Chapman's Chaplin's unfit as well, you could you could have Piggott as a number ten on Saturday, which would be an interesting side show. You know, Piggott up. So um, I'm really looking forward to it, though. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how we follow up that performance on Saturday. Really looking forward to seeing how the training's gone, um, and you know, hopefully we'll be getting near twenty thousand again and. Um, we finish up with three points. Hopefully we will do. And um, I was going to go with the same prediction as well. I was going to go for a 2-1 as well. I think this is the game that will get our first win of the season. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't see us getting a clean sheet, as you said. But I think we'll just get over the line. We'll find that killer goal and um, we'll win 2-1. Um, Liam, over to you then. Your thoughts. Are you as confident as me and Dan? I'm not overly confident we're going to win, but I just feel no. we're just we're going to edge it, <laughs> um, which is not a great thing to say, really, but it's just the current scheme of we're, things. We're so Ipswich. We're <laughs> Ipswich, yes. The same old story. But, um, Liam, what do you reckon? Are we going to win? And um, 
you know, I was speaking to a few IFC Wyndham fans before coming on the podcast, and um, one one of them said Joe Piggott is not a lone striker. Um, so, yeah, you'd think he'd have to play number ten, or we'd have to go with two up front. But of course, Paul Cook, Paul Cook's formation is four two three one, and I'm sure fans of Wimbledon will go and why have you got Piggott on the bench? He didn't even come on against MK Dons. That is the one baffling thing for them. But um, what do you reckon then, IFC Wimbledon coming to town? What do you reckon? Uh, well, you've kind of stolen the oh. scoreline. I was thinking <laughs> of going down. I had um, I had images of uh, Jackson's last-minute goal against them in the the first season, um, and but it might be a similar game to that where potentially Wimbledon may get themselves ahead, and Town will eventually pull it back, but. Um, I think we will win. Um, it's just a difficult one because, like Dan, I, I I can't predict a clean sheet at the moment. That just doesn't look like it's going to happen at the moment. Still needs a bit of cohesion at the back. Um, but the games that I've seen, Town have created quite a few chances. And now that Bond's just started hitting a little bit of form, mm. um there might be there might be a few goals in this, so I'll say Wimbledon will score, but I'm going to say we're going to get three. So I'm going to go three-one. Um, although I, I, I'm not going to put any money on that because, <laughs> but uh, I, I I think uh, that's something that potentially could happen. Um, but I think it goes back to what Dan said right at the beginning of the podcast they've had a week now to to actually train um if, if you think back to last season when cook came in and look the squad wasn't good enough in the end and i don't think even someone like jürgen klopp could have come in and sorted them lot out but the amount of games that we had didn't help um for Cook to try and find the best mould to get that team when we still had a chance of the playoffs in that, when he came in um, to replace Lambert. And we didn't have any, any time on the, on the, on the training field to do anything. It was just game after game after game. And this season has kind of almost started the same. He's, he's basically brought in a completely new side. And we've had game after game after game. We haven't had really a huge amount of breathing space between all the games to kind of properly get cohesion. If you think after Morecambe, we still had players coming in before Burton. We had the cup game in between, and I know a lot of them didn't play. But again, it's a game, so they weren't training. Um, and then obviously you've had then Cheltenham in between Burton and MK Don. So. This is the first week that we've had a proper good week's training where the squad has been together. Um, and I don't know if everyone's fit, but majority now, I think, are going to be ready to go. And that's only going to help the players start getting that cohesion behind the scenes, which is what we want to see on the field. So I think that will make a big difference, I think, on Saturday. Um, and the other thing is, MK Dons, I said it earlier, I think they are the best team in this division in terms of playing that style of possession-based football. Wimbledon are not going to turn up to Portman Road and try and play us off a part like MK Dons. So I, I think that we will have more of the ball and it will be a chance to be like the game that we played against Morecambe on the opening day but if we can cut out those mistakes, then we should win the game. And we should have won the game against Morecambe. If you think they only had three chances and they scored two, and one came from a, a, a horror mistake by Wolfenden, and the other one because the defence decided that they were going to give them the freedom of Ipswich to get, it, get the shot away. Um, that's it. They didn't create anything else. Town had a few other chances and could have easily won that game. So I think it'll be close to what that game was. Mm. And I think now that it's a few weeks on and the squad has, has gelled together a bit more, 
and we've now had this week on the training field, I think town will dominate on Saturday and I think we'll win. So that's that's where the optimism comes. That, And I think we created enough chances on Saturday to suggest that someone like Wimbledon, who will probably come and try and be compact and hard to beat, I just think that will play into our hands now that we've got players who who are, are starting to get going and we can create chances. And we didn't have Kyle Edwards on the opening day against Morecambe. We do now. And I think that will make a big difference. So I, I, I think we'll win this game and that will hopefully now kickstart kick start our season and get us going up, up the table and getting us where we should be. And um, Dan has got his hand up and I was going to go and say any other business. So, Dan, your other business and then I'll take that over well, to you as well. There's one little thing connected to the game on Saturday, which I'm, I'm going to bring up. And I hate this in the know stuff, but I do have an in the know at Wickham. Okay. A good a good in the know, a trusted in the know. And um, if we beat Wimbledon, I wouldn't be surprised if Wickham called a game off against us on Sunday evening. It's just a little thing. They have Wickham have three call-ups, an Irishman, a Gibraltar, and an Albanian. Sounds like a bad joke. But they have Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> they have three call-ups, Daryl Horgan, Chidabo Jar, and Mimeti. They're all fringe players, and according to my person, he said the owners would not mind playing Ipswich because they feel like it's a very good time to play Ipswich. But we're waiting until Sunday, which seems a bit weird that you can wait until after the weekend. But bear that in mind. And if that is the case, because they're up at Wickham are up at Sunderland, and then we might have two weeks off after Wimbledon, potentially. Because we've got no midweek game before Wickham. Wickham's not happening. We might and who knows? But I wouldn't told you first, I wouldn't be massively surprised if we do get something and Wickham don't get something at Sunderland. There might be a late call-off for that Wickham go. We'll wait and see on that. And um, Well, Liam, any other business before we wrap up? No, all good for me. Okay, then. Well, Dan, Liam, it's been a pleasure. Another great fan social course. The Kings of Angler podcast is in support from manscaped.com. Use the code KOA. Um, for 20% off and free delivery. And also, we're also sponsored by the new Wolsey with the We've Never Lost at Home new thing in September. Um, tickets are available. Um, I really should have written something down for more information, but you guys know where to go. Go on New Wolsey, find out all about it. Uh, of course, Boy Robson's great team in 1981. You never lost at home, and I'm um, sure stay tuned for that. Um, look out for game day on the weekend, and also Andy and Stu's uh, pieces on the website, and we'll be back next week at some point, of course, going into the deadline day day. Um, enjoy your bank holiday weekend. Hope you've enjoyed the show as ever. Uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about a win win hopefully um and also let me know at uh, ross media uk if you want to get involved in the podcast it's great to get some more voices on this definitely after some late pullouts um sex harvey dazza uh, but no you guys are brilliant anyway but so uh, let me know and uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of the fan social then speak then bye bye for now from true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.